the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is journal entry number 147 and part of our multifamily brief series. Today, I'm going to answer the question, you know, whether to hire or not to hire. It's a question a lot of people ask, and it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. I'll go into a few things that we use to determine whether or not we should hire and how we made the decisions. Now, there are different tasks or activities that you may look to hire out. Some of these are one-time tasks, and others are more frequent and repetitive in nature. For example, a one-time task that most people have no problem hiring out is to develop a logo. There are graphic artists on platforms like Fiverr or Upwork that can design a logo for a very small cost. Now, a harder question to answer is when to hire out for something like a website, something that has a much bigger price tag. Really, I think the answer to whether or not to hire is very simple to state, though maybe a little harder to, to actually make a decision on. And that is, when the value gained exceeds the cost, you should pay someone else to perform the service. Now, keep in mind, the value gained can include the time that you save by not performing the task yourself, in addition to actual value you may gain by having something like a logo or a website. You know, for smaller things like the logo, it's easy to justify the cost. A business card with your logo on it will add credibility to you and your new business for a very low price. You can probably get the logo designed in a box of business cards for far less than $100, which in most cases is going to be money well spent. Now, for something a bit bigger like a website, it may not be necessary to have a website at first, but eventually not having a website may become a hindrance to your business. At some point, the scales may tip and you'll want to dish out several hundred or maybe thousands of dollars for this service. How much you spend is going to depend on you, but I will say this, you typically get what you pay for. One quick example from my personal life, when I lived in the D.C. metro, and by the way, I just moved from there to Idaho Falls, I had a large yard with some rather steep inclines. Mowing the lawn myself would take me over an hour, and the hills were steep enough that my wife and kids just couldn't do it. Instead of spending an hour or two every Saturday mowing the lawn, I was happy to pay $50 for a local landscaping service to do so. My rationale was that I could spend that same amount of time working on my apartment investing business instead of mowing the lawn and eventually make far more than the $50 per week that I was spending on that service. And by the way, I hate mowing the lawn anyway. Now let's discuss a more permanent employee, whether full-time or part-time employee, but somebody who's going to work for you consistently over a longer period of time. And what I say below will work for both a regular U.S.-based employee or a virtual assistant based inside or outside the U.S. Now, just for convenience, I'm going to use a term VA or virtual assistant to represent both. And in case you've never heard the term, a virtual assistant is just what the name applies. Someone that can assist you via an internet connection. In many cases, people hire competent VAs from foreign countries and pay a fraction of the cost of a U.S.-based employee. But you can choose to hire a U.S.-based assistant just as easily. And here's how I suggest to determine whether or not you need to hire and for which tasks. 
You know, step one, keep track of your activities over the course of a few weeks to include how much time you spend on each activity. Number two, categorize each activity into one of the following buckets. Bucket one includes the things that you need to be done that you do not do well. Bucket two includes the things that need to be done that you do well but do not particularly like. And bucket three are the things that need to be done that you do well and like. Now notice I started each one of these buckets with things that need to be done. We could add a fourth bucket for things that do not need to be done that you do anyway, but those are the things that you should just cut out of your schedule completely. Now step three, once you have everything allocated in buckets, determine how much time you are spending on activities in each bucket. Step four, if the activities in the first two buckets are keeping you from your highest and best use, and in this case, the items in the third bucket, then you should consider hiring an employee or assistant. Now, if you want to put this in terms of money, for most people, the tipping point is whether you can generate more money performing the activities in bucket three than you would pay someone to do the activities in buckets one and two. And if that's the case, you should definitely hire an assistant. If you intend to scale, you will eventually hire employees or VAs anyway. Hiring the right person as soon as economically feasible may be your key to scaling just a little bit faster and be worth the expense in the long run. Now, something to consider, you know, hiring out the items in bucket one should come first. Now, these are the things that you are not good at anyway. So finding a skilled VA or employee to perform these tasks will likely be an improvement over how you perform the tasks now anyway. Now, for the items in bucket two, you should realize that your employees will not perform the task nearly as well as you can. Remember that you are hiring so that you can focus your efforts on the activities in bucket three. Something else to consider, and I think this weighs more heavily in bucket number two, is you will have to train your VA to perform the tasks that you want to see done. And this can take a considerable amount of time. It may take weeks or even months for your new employee or virtual assistant to perform the tasks like you want to see them done. One other thing to consider is assistants and employees are extremely useful at performing frequent and repetitive tasks. You can teach them to do the task once and then supervise them from there on out. And finally, they will take time and effort to manage. It's not a magic wand. You will have to communicate, provide feedback, and appropriately manage to get the results you desire. Now, a few examples. Our first hire at Four Oaks Capital came when we realized that managing the finances on multiple properties exceeded our own accounting skills. We hired a freelance bookkeeper to look over the property manager's financial reports and enter everything into the financial software we use. When our property count grew larger, we hired a CPA with significant experience in multifamily syndications as our CFO. Because we internally lacked the skills to do this, these were all activities from bucket number one. Now, another example is the podcast production. For each 40-minute episode, I was spending two to three hours on the post-recording editing and production. I was not bad at it, but I disliked it. And more important, it kept me from spending time developing the Tribe of Titans platform and other more important things. I ended up finding a U.S.-based assistant that has significant editing experience. At first, I paid out of pocket, but as our business grew, the company eventually assumed that expense. And we are now in the process of onboarding additional assistants to do more of the Bucket 1 and Bucket 2 activities to keep us operating 
in our bucket three activities. And that's it for today's show. I hope you found it useful. Stay tuned because Friday we have another great episode that's going to be released. And if you've been paying attention, every Thursday we have a Throwback Thursday episode that we bring from the archives. And tomorrow you should be seeing episode number 19 with Joseph Bramante and Heschel Mangle. And incidentally, that episode spent several months at top at the top of the leaderboard for this particular podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.